0: found us what about this idea
1: gotta listen to this show why
0: because it's about the hearts and minds of entrepreneurs <laughs> Oh, nailed it i didn't even look at the nailed wall. it i didn't even look at. all the right wall. listen
1: honestly this is a show it's different than other shows about entrepreneurship
0: it's real it's real real stories is it we tend to talk very real <laughs>
2: <I love laughs> and so
0: do our guests so come have fun with us
1: I think you're ready. I'm All ready. Right. You ready? We're doing it. We're doing. it. We're doing it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to what about this idea?
0: What about this idea?
1: I know we're gonna have to figure that out. I Everyone's know. Like, would you just figure it out already? No, uh, no.
0: It, we're, it's it's building. It's growing.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't come up with your signature way of saying the name of the show until second season, maybe. <laughs> 13 episodes in or something? I don't know.
0: I think it'll be way beyond that. You know, it's just an evolution. It's an evolution. Yeah. You know, I've, I always feel like we should say it like, like we're sitting at a bar having a cocktail and I go, Sam, what about this idea?
1: Well, that's basically what it means. I know. That's and it. I
0: feel like that's the way we should say
1: it. It embodies the entrepreneurial spirit. It we does. Both know that. And you know that we're sitting, I mean, we're sitting like... Twenty-five feet from a bar. I know. Yeah, like if if we just teleported twenty-five feet that way, would be in a bar. We're going to teleport over there later, aren't we? We are yeah. going to teleport All over right, there good. later.
0: There's no meat raffle tonight, though. So that's and we can't mention their name because they are not yet a sponsor. But well, maybe in the future.
1: I mean, we could just mention you might want to be a sponsor, to Dusty's. Rusty's. Oh wow, sorry. Anyway, Uh Should we do this? Should we introduce the show and get going? And I would love got a to. Guest? Yeah. All right. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to. What about this idea? It's a great show. We're, here we're, we've got a guest today. Let's do it.
0: We're excited about this guest. This is this is. Oh, we're gonna learn some shit. I am. I just feel like you know you've always tipped me up to be the smart one on this podcast, and I think, I think that our fair. listeners know for sure that's not true. I think that's pretty. But true. now we have Mike here, and I know. I'm thinking. That really just kind of buries any kind of intelligence I could have brought to the table.
2: <laughs> well, uh, hello, Mike. Uh, hello, uh, <laughs> how are you? I didn't know what to do with that intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here's the deal. Um, we have
1: uh, we have had is someone is someone I'm red. You're red. Yeah. Okay. We have had guests. Whatever this is, never going to work. The video on on this, it's fine. We'll have something. You can watch whatever we've got. Uh, we've had guests on, and um, they've been very intelligent too. So we don't want to. We don't want to, you know, insult any of our past guests. But what we did realize. Early on, is that um, we don't know for sure. We're, we're fairly certain that the word entrepreneur is uh, a French word.
0: That was going to be my first question. Oh, I,
1: I want you to go with it. What?
0: I, <laughs> that's going to be my first get question. It, get I'm get so it. excited to find out because we have been wrestling with this. We decided it must be French, right? Oui. Entrepreneur. We. Oui. Yeah, we. Oui. Oui, like, yeah. No, no, no oui. he's He's. Oh, a we. Oui. <laughs> you are correct. Tell me more. <laughs> Because you're a professor.
1: So yeah. we're going to get the dictionary, Well, whatever, whatever's in your head. We want to
2: know. I once asked one of my French friends, what's the French word for entrepreneur? And they laughed. So I assume you're correct.
1: <laughs> That's fair. That's a nice way to find out for sure it's
2: French. Yeah. Well, I, I'm so glad to be here and, and to help you get this kicked off. Yeah. We, we live in one of the great entrepreneurial um. Ecosystems in the world. I absolutely love Greater Minnesota entrepreneur ecosystem. I love what we're doing here in the Twin Cities. I think we've got a lot of great players. Um, I like to, and I've this. had a chance to hang out with a whole bunch of them. Uh, and uh, you know, we're we're so execution forward here, um, and I think that's what it takes to be a good entrepreneur is to um, stop planning and start doing. And, uh, I'm just always amazed at all the things that I see popping up around here and, um, everything from hats to mittens to food products to new whiskeys and you name it. It's fun.
0: That's right. Well, tell us if you were given, and I'm about to do this for you, if you were given just an open space to introduce yourself, how would you start? Because when I asked you that, yeah, when the, you first came yeah, in here, I thought, the, we could take the whole yeah, show. The, just-
2: it's hard to do it in 60 seconds or less. Uh, first and foremost, I was a broadcaster in my life, uh, eventually uh, working my way up through the radio dial and owning my own radio station down in Mankato and eventually taking over my father's radio station down in Austin, Minnesota. Uh, and that was kind of my early career, my early dream. What, what did I want to be when I grew up? Own radio stations. Um, and I was able to to sell those radio stations when I was uh, just about 35 years old. We sold them in the year 2000. And along that journey, I would started uh, four dot-coms, because mm. that seemed to be the thing mm. to do in the 90s. Three of them failed miserably. Um, and, uh, you know. it
1: <laughs> burst in the dot-com they, bubble, I, did they? And,
2: no, they, they, you know. All could have been successful. I just couldn't come up with a business plan. But the fourth, I was one of the first um, players in the online automobile space. So I went to six car dealers in one day and basically asked them, you know, you spent five hundred dollars on stupider things than this, and they all agreed with me. And I started a company, and uh, it <laughs> That's grew. A nice way to introduce yourself. <laughs> yeah, sell it before you build it. That's a. a, a <laughs> I didn't know how smart I was back then, um, but that that really led the way, and that grew into a very very large company. We were. I think doing business in 20-some-odd states and newspaper publishers and publishing magazines and reverse print and, and doing a lot of back-end work. Do you uh,
1: mind me asking what the name of that company was? That,
2: well, we started as minnesotacars.com because nobody defined their .com Bigger than their geography because I wasn't that smart, okay. um, but it, it became auto connects. I bought the software company that uh, had was my vendor to build my software, and so brought them in house and launched nationwide. And we sold that to Car Truck Trader in 06. Okay, I was wondering about Auto Trader. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, so that they were kind of the big player. Yeah, it, it, it and and a lot of times that's why you exit businesses. You you really find out that somebody else's net present value is much bigger than yours. Like you, you know, why do we sell radio stations? Um, You know, at the late 90s, you either were going to be growing or you're going to get grown over. You know, you woke up one day and you're competing against 11 clear channel radio stations and, um, the writing was on the wall. You can't just fight the good fight. And yeah. And, and, and I love how we're starting with the exit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I would do. <laughs> yeah. I see the thing
1: burn to the ground <laughs> first. Like I'm going to win.
2: Yeah. Everybody wants to, <laughs> and you always run your businesses like you're going to own them forever and you nurture them and you do all the right things. Um, but yeah, you know when it's time to, to, to take your cards off the table. And, and I, my counsel to people is, are you learning anything anymore?
0: Well, how no. did you get from all of this to professorial oh, God. work? Oh. And so,
1: I still don't feel like you fully gave us yeah, a definition of no, an entrepreneur. I,
0: we, I think we're just going to leave it a
2: mystery. Is, is
1: it going to just be a mystery? It's, it's French. Uh, we can go we'll, with just we'll,
2: that. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> so so uh, the transition period was interesting. So I, I was asked to teach um, some undergrad entrepreneurship classes for um, Rasmussen Business College and Minnesota State University, Mankato. Right about this time that I decided to sell the companies, and my wife and I lived outside the country for the better part of two years. So I'd keep coming back and forth. But I'd had that little itch, like, oh, wow, teaching's kind of cool. And so I went off, and I got my degree from Melbourne, Australia. I studied in China. I studied at Kellogg in Chicago, studied in Germany and Slovakia, um, and ended up graduating from Melbourne, Australia. And, you know, at the end of this degree... um, what I learned was that all the, all these CEOs and these these amazing students, I was the only American in the program. They ran great big companies, and right. they all wanted to be an entrepreneur like me. And I, at that time, maybe I thought, oh, maybe it's time for me to transition into a corporate life, uh, and. And what I learned out of there is of all the people that I went to school with, I want to be most like the professors in front of the room. Sure. These really amazing professors. So I always pursued teaching, never at a full-time level, uh, but I always taught something. So for 17 years, I've taught the MBA executive leadership series for MSU, and I've had over 100 C-suite guests come into the classroom. Um, you know the CEO of United Health Group uh, talked to 16 of my students for an hour and a half. I've had the CEO of U.S. Bank. Uh, this coming semester, we have Patrick Joyce, who's the Chief Security Officer of Medtronic. Uh, we've had Dan and Angie come in several times as guests of Boom Chicka Pop. Uh, Kieran has been a guest of ours. Uh, so a wide variety of entrepreneurs and corporate leaders, and that's been a wonderful education. And so really just doing this, just basically hosting them. Well, I, and I think you've,
1: you've said a lot of things already <laughs> <laughs> that need to get delved into just a little bit. So I, I kind of like to take it for the team here and, um, and I think of our audience and I think of someone who maybe doesn't understand what all of these terms are, <laughs> what it all means. Right. And you said, you said something that you said that you were asked to teach.
2: How does that happen? Uh, Well, you own a business in town. uh, And one of the things I truly believe in is you give back. And so I was campaign chair of the United Way. I sat on the board of the YMCA. I said, so you get to know not only other business leaders, but the leadership at the university. Right. Um, And so when they were looking for somebody to co-teach an entrepreneurship class, why not? which is bringing a, a business person. So yeah. I, I don't have a PhD. Um, I so respect the people who do because they are incredibly smart and well, well-knowledged. Um, so I hope that I can just kind of fill in some of the color, the, the fill in the blank real world. Sure. kind of stuff.
1: Well, and there's, there's different, um, you know, there's different things that you need to know. So entrepreneurship, you know, my understanding of it, and we get into this on the show, um, is, you know you you mentioned something about these CEOs and, and yeah. the c-suite level people aren't necessarily entrepreneurs and they aren't necessarily it, entrepreneurial thinkers really
2: it, um, what, uh, so fast forward a little bit I ended up I did do four years in corporate America. I worked for United Health Group as an entrepreneur in residence. so I dealt with c-suite people at the leadership level trying to sell innovation and new business ideas. And uh, there's a Harvard Business Review quote that says, uh, uh, entrepreneurship within a large organization is indistinguishable from insubordination. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. I, I always, I, I have that article somewhere saved. Uh, and and <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, bless United Health Group for committing to innovation like they do. So they, they well fund disruptive innovation within their own organization
0: when you say well fund that suddenly doesn't seem super entrepreneurial
2: well (laughs) well money's got to come from somewhere so (laughs) so they basically they set aside a lot a lot of money and they created uh, in the early days it was called the garage and they they created this uh really group of talented innovators uh digital technology specialists marketers architects all these people and Put them in a room with whiteboards and bean bags, and said, "Go out and break healthcare." And uh, some amazing, amazing talent, amazing products came up through that. And then over the years, it evolves and evolves um, as corporate innovation does. So, uh, when I I was offered to teach corporate innovation uh, in this spring. Of 2019, so right before COVID, and I was going to co- start to co-teach some courses in innovation uh, for Carlson and entrepreneurship. And over the course of the summer, the the professor that I was going to co-teach with was diagnosed with cancer, mm. oh. and so that accelerated my path into the into the university lifestyle. Yeah, are you are you loving it? I do. I, I love the energy of students. I hate grading. I apologize to all my students. I know I'm lousy at it. Um, uh, but uh, other than that, and, I, you know, that first year, um, I got to lead a course in innovation that we took the students to Brazil for two weeks and we studied innovation uh, that was going on in and around Brazil. And then I taught a full semester entrepreneurship course where we spent a week in Cuba and working with those entrepreneurs and talk about um, building something with scarce resources. Yeah, the, the the entrepreneurs we met in Cuba are just amazing um, and really saw that aha moment, that transformational moment happen for a lot of those students. Uh, we were in Cuba when COVID broke out. Uh, <laughs> Concerned so, you would yeah, so back. I, I, I think imagine. we're the second to the last... Delta flight off the island for a couple of years, so that was exciting. Yeah, uh, but you know, I now get to teach entrepreneurship uh, both at the master's level, uh, but more more often at the entrepreneur the undergrad level, uh, and and really try to challenge the students to come up with a breakable and testable idea within twelve weeks. So this isn't long term product development. And Carlson does have advanced entrepreneurship courses, uh, in where you do get to spend time over, over a year or even longer to develop your idea. But, um, this, the first brush with entrepreneurship is, you know, sell something to somebody pretty darn fast, right? Get that initial feedback test your assumptions. And
1: these are like uh, college-age students? Are they graduate-age yeah. students? Or uh, they are-
2: most are college-age. Um, you know, we... And, and from uh, the neat thing about the introductory course that I taught, not the master's course that I taught, uh, the introductory is across the whole campus. So I have engineering students. I have um, art students. and And you see the teams that they build... Um you know, it's we-
0: interesting it's interesting i you know i I've, I've I've done some some teaching I taught for about ten years in in technology and um i i I didn't have an entrepreneur class, but I had a class that was required them to be very creative and you know you 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 bring kids into the classroom and you put them in that structured environment from the industrial age how we created that environment mm-hmm. and it is it's certainly not the best way to learn and then they get their heads into I'm going to learn in this this format that doesn't actually work. And then you pop them into an entrepreneur class and you're trying, it's this balance between actually following the format in which you're teaching and also opening up the environment for them to think outside the box and experiment and make mistakes and they don't have to be right. There's not a right answer sort of thing. I can imagine you coming in as a practitioner really creates a better environment there because you're not following this.
1: That, that's the problems I always had in school was like, <laughs> like I couldn't
2: conform. And, but. and first of all, I'm not the best entrepreneurship teacher at Carlson by <laughs> any means. There's some really amazing people there. Um, I just kind of try to do what I, I do. Um, and every class I teach gets a little better, you know, and then I'm still on my learning journey. Uh, on how to do this right. Uh,
0: do you think you're kind of an entrepreneur yourself, Mike? So I'm thinking yeah, that nev- there's um, not an end game it, here. it's. Right.
2: it's um I I just like and I just say yes to a lot of things. Um, I I was the sense him sitting here. Yeah, I was the second and fifth Jersey Mike's franchisee in the state of Minnesota. Second and fifth. Yeah, so we opened the second store. So we opened the second store in Minnesota and the fifth store in Minnesota. I like it. Um, and I sold those during COVID. Uh, but you know my partner is amazing in that, and he was able to. Um, we were able to set him up with. The better financial partner to take those southern minnesota stores where they needed to go yeah. um, so I, I was just so happy and i learned a lot about running restaurants um and, and Which i knew a lot of different. theoretical things about running <laughs> restaurants and now i know it's all the non-theoretical <laughs> things
0: yeah well i think that is the ultimate entrepreneurial ground right because you will run out of money Oh, I you mean, they're will always running out of. Have to serve tables. You will have to run out and get lettuce. I mean, you're you're. It's the ultimate. I can pivot at any moment.
2: Business. Yeah, I, I think the only original insight I've ever had on entrepreneurship because I just haven't seen anybody else say these words. Um, there's only two reasons why businesses go out of business. Why they fail? They grow too slow or they grow too fast. So the trick is to keep it somewhere in the so middle.
0: Scary. That's so. Sc- so let me ask you this: Now that you brought that up, <laughs> you advise a lot of entrepreneurs. You you teach kids about entrepreneurial thinking. You are an entrepreneur. Um, I can imagine that you have a built a muscle around what you kind of expect there to be the trip of that entrepreneur. So, at what what is the first thing? That you listen to with an entrepreneur and you've got that, I know what it is. I know what they're going to say. I know what they're struggling with.
2: They, um, it's it's idea versus, um, I don't want to say testing because that's too hard of a word, but there are so many that are just so thrilled with the idea. They think they've come up with a precious little mm, unique totally. gem that they're going to patent protect and own the world. And that happens almost never. Yeah. It it, it's just doesn't work that way. Um, all the great businesses, you know, aren't protected by patents. They really are. not They kind of get patents along the way. But if Apple couldn't stop Google from creating a, a lookalike phone, what hopes do you have? Um, <laughs> it's better to create something and sell it to somebody and see if they love it. Um, and if they love it, do they tell other people about it? And from there that's how you build a really great business um at the same time staying true to some semblance of a strategy um another reason why businesses um don't do well is they get diluted they they start saying yes to the wrong customers listening to the wrong customers so we're adding another reason then oh yeah no no, yeah (laughs) because you said there were two reasons well it sure um (laughs) Like I said, I'm not the best entrepreneurship teacher. No, I love um, it, though. I might not be the best entrepreneurship teacher in the room. Uh, <laughs> well, it, let's let's break that down just a little sure. bit, right? Because
1: uh, this is something that I would like to figure out on this show a little more, and then we've got you here, and maybe you can help with it. But the person who uh, you know starts their own little construction company, or starts a, mm-hmm. opens a restaurant, or um, you know, uh like opens a nail salon, so Andrea Storley is gonna come in sure. on the show sometime, right? People like that who sort of accidentally fall into entrepreneurship, they're not gonna go to Carlson School of Business and get a course to teach them how to do it, right? They they, they didn't come to it from that direction. So there's it's not that I, I don't want everything to fall under the entrepreneurship right. blanket, but it's like Business owner is not necessarily someone who thought about entrepreneurship in any way. Person within a company who's driving to change that company or something is entrepreneurial in their thinking and maybe learned from you and they get in there and try and do
2: that, right? Like, do you get what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. It's um, usually you start a business because you're really good at something. Yes, you're, you're good at the thing that yeah. you... Ugh, this is a problem. My wife is... So a,
0: you don't start a business because you can hardly wait to deal with taxes and labor? <laughs> right. Well, and and you financials. can
1: be so good at things. You're so good at it. You think that your business is going to be great. You start a business and you find out you're not that great at running a business. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that where you're headed with that? Yeah. And,
2: and, and that's, um, that's why I think one of the things we teach entrepreneurs is that this is a team sport. We have this myth in the United States of the solo entrepreneur, and we just like to think that way. You know, Steve Jobs did have well, solo entrepreneur. He do 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 He's got it. right. He had, you
0: what's know, his name? Wozniak or whatever
2: his name is. Everybody has a lot of somebodies. Um, and, and how to think like an entrepreneurial team and how to um, avoid the trap of these, these assumptions kind of becoming gospel. Where, you know, every, when you first make up your business plan, you got this, hey, I got this great idea, and I'm going to sell to these kind of customers, and they're going to pay me this much money for it, and I'm going to reach them this way, and then I'm going to have these people help me do it, and then this is what we're going to do, and that's going to cost me this, and I get all the money left over. So that's basic business. plan. That's not how it goes. That's a business plan. One on one. And I like he went through that really quick. <laughs> everything's a wild ass guess. So I draw this big chart and I start with wag on one side, wild ass guess and the truth on the other side. And, you know, th- everything's a journey. You start with a wild ass guess and we advance to a S.W.A.G. Do you know what that stands for? That's a super scientific wild-ass guess.
0: So at least you've done
2: something. You've measured something. You've done something to kind of hone in on this. Uh, But as soon as you sell something to somebody, the, the lights really start to go off. Um, and I love the food truck movement here. Oh, I we right? too. We're right down from the 1029 bar, right? So that was, Smack Shack starts as a yep. food truck. They need to have a commercial kitchen. They approach 1029 bar. They say, hey, let's run your kitchen for you. Uh, and uh, uh, Josh, uh, Josh Stoma, I think is his name. Sure. He, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he once took me back and and, and, and we went out with uh, Chef Rebel and went out and, and toured all of his kitchens and, you know he he's now you know in airports and in different locations but it all started with this minimum viable product right of making people a lobster roll out of a food truck
1: it always pissed me off that minnesota doesn't have like street vendors selling food on the street you know like you go like even a yeah. hot dog standing
2: yeah, it's it's um and as a guy who invested a half million dollars in a Building out a Jersey Mike's restaurant, I would have gotten upset if, if if a sub cart got put out in front of my restaurant. So I understand both sides of that argument. I,
1: I get it. I get right? it. But you know, I lived out in Colorado for a while, and at the end of a yeah. night, you would you'd walk down the street, and there's the uh, pita yeah. or not pita, but the euro <laughs> euro stand. So, you know.
2: So, so how do we create uh, an ecosystem <laughs> like we have in Minnesota that balances those two things? That we yeah, want right. we want to encourage the young. Startups that aren't capital intensive, but we also don't want to at the same time penalize those who have built our infrastructure and pay those kind of taxes. Totally. And, and uh, what do you think the biggest? The
0: I used to okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a story about something I've done. Um, I used to do a lot of work in a previous company that I had about building entrepreneurial communities, and there'd be this list of things you do in a community to to inspire entrepreneurs. Right? You do you'd have a maybe an incubator area you'd have good funding for them you'd have good mentoring you'd have all those things right there's this checklist that that often would be created for communities to be entrepreneurs but the fact was that they communities would have the same thing in each of the communities and one would be wildly entrepreneurial <laughs> and the other wouldn't be yeah. right and and it really came down to the catalysts the things that what what, what did you do when if you were a junior in high school and you said to your teacher, I want to be an entrepreneur. I think I want to build these things. Said
1: no right? junior in high school ever, right?
0: Well, maybe. No, no,
1: but I'm, I'm just saying because it's because there's, it's so hard to even know what that means. But well, the yes, we, system doesn't
0: support that. But systems that did support it created entrepreneurs, right? So if that wasn't a crazy question in the community, that tended to create a very entrepreneurial quite community, right? It's a, it's this catalyst, this mental state. How would you, how would you see that?
2: Uh, I think that's a great way to look at it. What the vibe and I'll, I'll, I'll do you one better. So I've traveled now to 30 some odd countries and, you know, the entrepreneurial environment of the United States is very different than the entrepreneurial environment around the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember I I got asked to teach uh, in Germany uh, an entrepreneurship class, so I went and taught it over the summer to these wonderful master's students. And I was talking about bankruptcy, just kind of casually, just kind of, you know, the concept of bankruptcy. And one of the students raised their hands and say, you know, in Eastern Europe, we don't have that. I'm like, what do you mean? You go to jail, you borrow somebody money from somebody, you don't pay them back, you go to jail. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> talk the about like here, a right? core entrepreneurial value we have in this country is, hey, you can try. And then, you know, if, if things screw up, you go bankrupt and you get to stiff your creditors and not go to jail. Um, in some countries, you pass your debts down to your grandchildren. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, Scary. Yeah. That's why we're so, ago. In so in debt. So in again, it, it, and, you know, I ran that small business center for the university down in Mankato and My counterpart here in the Twin Cities had about the same budget but needed to serve 3 million people rather than 300,000 people in in the region. Uh, So the St. Thomas Small Business Center uh, hyper-focuses their activities, where I did a lot of—I was pretty broad. I helped everybody from new startups to businesses looking to acquire $50 million of funding, and everybody in between Um, the Small Business Development Center at St. Thomas— focuses on pre-venture education, um, and then they support capital acquisition really well. And, and I haven't talked to, to the folks over there in a while, so I don't want to speak to them, but an amazing resource in this community. But again, because there are other resources out there that play a different role in that ecosystem, um, and I think Twin Cities is great because this entrepreneurial ecosystem keeps regrowing and redeveloping and and I think it's alive and well here yeah it's it's really I great. mean Places. But
0: it's hard to put your finger on it and that's what i i mean even right the way you said that like it's it's hard to put your finger on well, and, and, it. what is the what is the catalyst right what is it's it's
1: people expecting and being okay with someone asking what about this idea though i mean you know yeah, it, what about this idea
0: bring it yeah. back well, well that's what i was bring thinking it back. when you're
1: talking about the junior in high school like that's it's what true. that kid is going to ask it's
0: hey w- what about this idea
2: And, and, and I love, so that's the, it's a great title of a podcast. Well,
0: thanks. Um, Well, we should do that.
2: And yeah, you probably (laughs) should. should. Start a show on that. Um, (laughs) uh, Sorry, I just got the trademark on it. Uh, 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 The, the, the the next question is now what, you know, how do you take it from idea to execution? And, um, you know, we used to teach this really poorly. So the first time I ever taught entrepreneurship 100 level class was we had a big thick textbook and then your deliverable at the end was a, you know, half a ream of paper bound with your bound business plan. Oh God. Um, and I would have flunked and, out, and, <laughs> you know, as, as a guy who's created a, a, a quite a few businesses and exit, I never once had a document. Um, now, one of my mentees, uh, uh, Megan, who, Runs Expression Med, who should be one of your guests. She's just amazing. We always love guests. Um, recommendation. She she's amazing. She loves business plans, so she and I like argue. We we flip roles. You know, like she takes the professor's role. Um, I love business planning. I don't care whether it exists on a whiteboard. I don't care if it exists on post-it notes. I don't care the format of your business plan. But you should be constantly in the business planning, testing your execution. Um, pay attention to the metrics that matter, um, and and you know it's there's no one place one to do it. But hey, what about this idea? <laughs> Great. What can you, what's your <laughs> what's that next step? What are your riskiest assumptions? And I think human nature is to go after the easiest things. Yeah, yeah don't, for sure. you don't want to test the hard things. You know, you want you know it's so much more pleasant to be successful in your testing your hypothesis than it is to screw up but go test your riskiest ones first
1: i've got a i've got you you reminded me of a little story um years ago we started a we we bought the equipment to start a little test batch brewery at my dad's house and it's like one of the nicest little homebrew you know things in the state i'm sure um spent some good money on it but i visited bent paddle which was just starting up at the time and uh you have to, you have to apply for your brewers notice and it's a federal application and it's big and thick and there's a lot of stuff in there. And the, the gal who was, uh, running it, I forget her name, but, uh, anyway, she very proudly showed me how she had filled out every single part of it. And it was, it was a beautifully constructed business plan with a beautifully, you know, filled out, uh, brewers notice for the federal, federal government anyway. I went down to Virginia, and visited a different brewery, and this guy was like exactly the opposite. <laughs> he, had, he said, "You know, they say you can't you can't uh, open a brewery if you've had a felony, but yeah, I did, you know." And I, I asked if I could see his brewer's notice. Every single answer was one word. You know, do you have security? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if so, what kind of security? Lock. <laughs> <laughs> and he spent like 15 minutes. She spent six months. They both got their, their, yep. uh, but, and they were both hyper entrepreneurial, but they came
2: at it from different directions. Yeah. Uh, at the university level, we call that C's get degrees. Yeah. <laughs> Nowhere on your diploma does it say your grade point average. So, right. Yeah, he was uh, more of a D. Will work too. <laughs> yeah, whatever D gets for to the finish line.
1: <laughs> I was told that once in um, college. <laughs>
0: right. D for done. Yeah, um, giving a D for done.
2: And and you know regulations are interesting. My wife's company is is we're not quite there yet, but we're about to pass the fifty employee FTE full time oh, sure. equivalent mark, which brings on a whole nother layer of of governance. Governance. <laughs> Compliance reports, regulation, and my wife, being a fabulous psychologist, doesn't want to do any of that. No, no. (laughs) So it's falling on yours truly to uh, to go and
1: luckily build it. Build a team. Find someone else. You've done this. Yeah, we're building and
2: and we're building an amazing leadership team for her. And um, you know, growing up as a a company, um, I think one of the things that you have to talk about with execution is. How do we transition from a company of experts to a company of expert processes? Yep. And as, and you're going to do it here with this podcast, you know, so I'm like the fourth or fifth guest, I guess, but when you're into the 400th guest, you will have a process lined up this, you know, you're going to, Juliet is a process girl, I
0: am kind of a process girl, but I, you know, I try and resist because Sam is really good at spontaneity and I'm, tr- I'm learning to be spontaneous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my hope for the show and I, you know, we'll take our, our first break here or our, our only break, but my hope for the show is that, <laughs> that all different levels of people interested in, in what, you know, it could be business ownership ship. It could be starting something brand new. It could be, um, all types of different entrepreneurial thinking might get something out of it. So Mike, you're, uh, you're You're doing good, I mean he's this is the most pro- professorial uh guest we've had. Well,
0: plus he's been on the radio, so i I'm excited to see how he would say, "What about this idea?
1: What about this idea <laughs> <laughs> And there are I did work through it one time. I said I did it for you one time, and I put the emphasis on different parts of it,
2: and you can you can get different questions out of that, so. But we're not going to do it. We'll be right back with What About This Idea? More after this. (laughs) I love it. Thanks. Here
0: you are. You've made it to the middle of the show. Buckle up because the second half is going to be even. It's different. It's, it's very always different.
1: different. It's, Things uh, the the little the little train goes off the rails or whatever. The it whole does. bus. It usually
0: the, does. By the second half, we're relaxed. It's coming. Here it comes.
1: Yeah, I talk too much. Middle. See ya. Bye. Have fun. <laughs> All right, we're
0: back for the second half. I think we should have our guests say the name. I, I do too. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> what about this idea? Ooh, it's getting more <laughs> yeah, fun. Yeah. Today's contestants are. <laughs> it's about well, at it. least at least you fully get
1: the spirit of what we're going. Well, for. I, I,
2: and I do. I tell my students this that I kind of see teaching as being a game show host. I introduce the contestants. I hand out valuable points. Um, but that's about how I treat teaching. I, t- <laughs> I try to be entertaining for 45 <laughs> minutes or so, and then group work.
0: <laughs> what do you think, I have to ask you, like, what do you think the biggest mental blocks are for entrepreneurs? Like, you, you know, when people come to you and they're like, I'm having this, that, this, that issue. Like, what do they say? I mean, are they, is it just they don't believe in themselves?
2: Uh, they they shoot for perfection before launch. Mm. That is, and it's not really a mental block. It's this quest for it's not quite done yet. It has to be absolutely perfect. It's, I'm not going to open up my restaurant until I've spent $600,000 in. in painting walls, I hear this all the time and, and buying you know, doing all this rather than making it in your kitchen and go serving it to friends and saying, what do you think? Yeah. You know? Um, and then would you hire me to come and give this food to your friends and then enough money to buy a food truck or Heather Asbury? I, I,
1: she's got Heather's in South Minneapolis. She was catering forever. You know, she was in restaurants, but she's not a chef. She's not, yeah, but she knew she had a good product before she opened
2: that store, and it so. takes ten years to become an overnight success. Of course, you know the um, it it takes hard work, but the people who get to it fastest, um, and some things do have to be perfect. If by the way, if your goal is to become a dentist. Be a good dentist before you start drilling teeth. I'm just saying. Um, Go
1: to school. Learn uh, to be
2: a dentist. um, If you have a product design, um, one of my favorite things uh, that's really, I don't want to say it's brand new by any means, but it was new to me. uh, This idea of creating landing pages and digital advertising as testing platforms. And this is extremely powerful. We used it at the corporate level, United Health Group. I've, I've had innovators from General Mills come in and present to the class, uh, but use explain use, but, that to me in detail, so, would you? So uh, I don't know what that means. We don't. You don't have to build. So let's say uh, I'll I'll give you a, um, a little fiction here. Yeah. Uh, um, I've got an, a, a new idea for a protein supplement. And okay, so this is a. Yeah, I'm just making this up, uh, but I do have one. Point of clarification, yeah. does it have to be a physical nope. widget? Nope, could, could be. be... A di- I, I have this idea for a software product you download on, okay. on your cell phone, and it does this, that, and the other, other thing. thing. Okay. So it can be digital, can be real. Don't You don't even have to build it. What you have to do is build a landing page, so some place on the Internet that explains your value proposition, and at the bottom of the page you say to find out more, enter your email address here or enter your mobile phone number here. Mm-hmm. and And uh, this has been used by major corporations here where they you know if i'm if I'm trying to to do a protein bar based on count chocula cereal, the riskiest assumption isn't that I can't take count chocula cereal and make a protein bar. The food scientists know how to do that right you know that that's, that wouldn't be a risky assumption for general mills but do we know the... Does anyone do want the it? customers want it? So now I run... I get it. ...run a couple hundred dollars a week of Facebook ads. Are they commented on? Are they shared? Are they liked? And then when people click on the Facebook ad, they go to this landing page, and do people click on it and give you their information at the bottom of it and say, hey, send me more information? And you can test different value propositions, and you can test different landing pages and price points for hundreds of dollars, not tens of thousands of dollars.
1: Okay, so but there's two parts to that, right? So so you, you've got to get the landing page built. I get that. It's, it's relatively easy these days to get you know a, a website built to do that sort of stuff. Um, and you've got to pay the advertising because I think this is another mistake yeah. that entrepreneurs or people, people wishing to start a business but not knowing kind of the, what the first steps are. There's a shyness or there can be a shyness where they've got the great idea. They're really good at the thing they're doing, but they, they get all set up. They get all their little blocks and everything's ready. And then they don't tell anyone, you yep. they don't, no one knows. And then they're like, Oh shit, why is my business failing? And it, like, well, it's not actually. It's not, no one even knows it exists. It can't or,
2: fail if, it, if no one knows it exists. Even worse is then they, knock, they, they go on sale. They knock 20% off all the price so oh. that the people who happen to find them now get a discount. That's so they right. are paying them even less money. Uh, yeah. That's a good point. Too. A lo- Don't lo- discount your shit. Yeah. A lot of people throw parties and then forget to or send out the invite. Or your product. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. You're- well, you, it's, you're throwing a party and not sending out an invitation. Um, right, right. That it, That is what it is. I used to sell radio advertising. So this is, yes, yes. Um, you have to commit to the advertising. But from a testing standpoint, the digital mediums are so, they're so designed and built. Um, and there are actually dot coms out there that will help you build these campaigns um, if if you want. But they're, they're not that hard to do. We have students do them all the time. Uh, You're totally full of information here, though.
0: Yeah. you what? Because
1: well, because the thing is, this is this is something that people starting out hear. Oh, there's all these places that do this stuff, right? But it feels like a predatory landscape. Exactly, it, it does because you you look around and you're like, oh my god, I, I even mentioned the fact that I have an idea, and now. 60 different people are emailing me. I've got onto some list somewhere. Yeah. They all seem to know exactly what it is I'm looking to do. And they're all trying to sell me something. Yeah. And how do they How do they wade through that? Like, what, what yeah, do they do? I've
2: never understand the business model of trying to sell something to non-successful entrepreneurs. It seems like you'd make so much more <laughs> money selling to people who are already successful. Um, but, uh, yeah, they... <laughs> Fair. Hi, hiring... Um, uh, hiring people to do things for you is another you got to do it at least once yourself um you know is you got to spend a few months in quickbooks and then you can go out and hire a bookkeeper to do it for you but you got to know Same philosophy
0: i have the same i just said that to my business partner i'm like i get that we're gonna we need a bookkeeper but i need to know how to bookkeep, yeah. right? I need to know. You can't just pass it off on day one. Exactly. I need to know this marketing strategy. Like, where are we going with this so that I can be a part of it, right? Yeah. I need to know the systems of what you're doing and, and what I'm doing.
2: And we are and we saw that, especially with the early Kickstarters and all those websites where what you're really doing is is selling the value proposition, just testing for interest before you build the product. Um, but we can do that without going on Kickstarter. We can do that for a very small amount of money and you're not even promising to deliver this to them. It's just, you're just measuring the traffic through the website. And if it's successful, you'll end up with the email address of 20 or 50 people who want to buy your product.
1: Okay. That answers another question is, is 20 or 50 people success? Is that, is that good enough
2: to feel like you've, you've, because I feel like it is you know, there's a book called zero to one. One's the hard number. <laughs> you know, let's get to one first before we worry about
1: what... No, I mean. I, I've, this is, this is the third show that I'm doing and I love this show and I've got a couple other shows. And, and at one point I realized like, I didn't know when you get past 1000 or 5,000 or even 10,000 subscribers, you've got something you should be making money off of. And I have that and we're gonna have more than that with this show because it's a good show. Is it though? It is. Well, I mean, if the, I think, you know what? The measure of a good show is, is how often the hosts say it's a good show. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, this for sure. this for sure. is a
0: good show. You
2: know? This is a really, really good show. <laughs> well, given the quality of the guest today, it can't go anywhere. I, but that. Oh, so.
0: oh up, <laughs> up, up, no.
2: Where's your drum
0: roll? I, boom, boom. Okay. Boom, boom. Yeah,
2: wait, I have
0: that. I know. That's oh, what hold I was thinking. On a Push second. the button. Wait, wait, Push hold, the, uh, I'll, we're I'll not really it. good timing no. experts here. Oh,
1: you can't hear it because we'll, I don't have it on. Ready? Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll we, let we'll, we'll it. Timing strange, is though. everything. No. Timing that was perfect timing. We'll that was the that best comedic timing yeah. ever. It took forever for us to get
0: there Do you think that a kid who starts in lemonade stand yep. and sells... Oh, God, support the kids. I love this. I know. I knew you'd like it that I'd, I brought up kids. I love He's it. very partial to kids, you know, and I... We should dive into that sometime because it's I think that it's the innocence, right? It's that you haven't the stolen so their creativity, truthful. right? They're
1: just like, you know what? This is the best fucking lemonade stand ever. They get
0: so yeah, into it. and they do. And they sit there for hours. I was at one. And, I and they, just, they pay Venmo people. now. And they, they Venmo. Venmo. <laughs> I saw that. And that, <laughs> yes. what a brilliant thing because I'm not going to give you just 20 cents. I'm not going to give you I a quarter that. on Venmo. I'm going to give you like five, ten bucks because you're entrepreneurial. Do you think that kind of practice oh, is really important?
2: Absolutely. I, I you know, I hear this story and I did it myself. I I I don't know when I even started working. I, I found a business card uh, my mom saved it. It's Mike Nolan Magic and Clowns. Oh yeah. so you I think when I was in fourth or fifth grade, my mom put me in magic camp and flute lessons um because she knew I was heading for popularity. Yeah. Um that's, I mean that's a recipe for you're chick magnet. I know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> magic magic and and flute. now is a puppy and a baby. Yeah. And everybody's gonna love you.
1: Uh flute and magic are not quite as yeah. uh Puppies are well, anyway.
2: But, but you know, but going out and hustling, you know, getting paid $20 to go to a kid's birthday party, that's you know, that's what I was doing. And, and how
1: old were you
0: roughly?
2: I don't know. What, what are you in fifth grade? Um, 10, 10, 12, 13. You're 10. That, yeah. Look
0: at you now and look know. what you've become. And Mike. someone would pay you
1: to go, I mean, I, honestly, I love that kind of thing because that's the weird shit I would have been doing as a kid, too. Like, well, what can I do to make some money? And, and I would go and entertain people and do yeah.
2: things and, and get paid a little bit here and there. Like, but that is formative, isn't it? it it's, and somehow we pass it along to our kids. All, all my children started jobs at 14 and 15. And, right. and Are they
0: entrepreneurs now?
2: None of them. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's fair though. But but that's okay. But they it, saw it, the it, hardship, probably. But, but again, they you know they're gonna do it someday. Um, do you think so? Yeah, I do. I I think my I shouldn't say none of them. My middle son um, is a photographer, and his. His side gig is he does a, a cosplay photography. So Ooh. He, he, goes, he He started doing this. Explain thing. this to me. I'm sorry. There's a whole world of people who like to uh, cosplay. What is that? It's, it's. Why am I so? It's out of Halloween. Touch with everything. 350. Is some that days short for year. costume? Yeah, costume. Oh shit. Yeah, but it's more. It's more of a culture. Yeah, it's a culture. Yeah, um, it's a vibe, and he started it. doing it for free. Um, uh, especially focusing on people of color uh, during COVID is just a way to kind of give back to the community and the, his friends that he hung out with and it kind of grew from there. And now he has paid gigs at all the um, com- uh, conventions that come to town. They pay Sweet. him, he'll lead courses. He does photo shoots. Um, CharlesNolanDigital.com. If you're looking for it, oh, oh, uh, nice give, give a little plug. Yeah, shout um, out. From so, so he is entrepreneurial and, and he, uh, and of all of them, but it's the work ethic I think you develop in these early entrepreneurship um, ventures and failing is okay. and oh, it's and, a, an essential part of it. And, and you know, you, you, you try not to bet the whole farm every time, mm. you know, you learn to... to it's
0: more than okay. I mean, it's essential. Yeah. You have to know how to get back up again. Yeah. You have to know that you have to know enough. You have to be objective enough to see the lesson Yeah. to see in it. And the lessons will just continue to give, right. You but, know, but in I the early failed days. so many times. Right. Look how successful I am.
1: <laughs> well, you've, you I must be right. <laughs> <you've proven yourself laughs> worthy. But in the early days, so like, if you're thinking of of what, like, let's say, because we're big with the kids. Um, so let's say we've got, you know, all our 14 year old listeners, you know how the kids love podcasts done by old people like us. You know they're so,
0: really into them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but but if you're that kid, like, so that's one of the reasons why kids are so awesome because they are they are less averse to the fear of failure, yeah. right? And but they also, um, you know, you, like kids are funny because one little thing happens and it can change the entire course of their life. So they can fail in a way or have a parent or, or an adult say something to them that offends them or hurts them. And, and they're like, okay, I'm never doing that again because that hurt, you know, like I'm not going to go, my, my neighbors didn't like my lemonade stand or something. So I'm never going to put myself out there that way again.
2: Well, and, 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 one of the beautiful things of living in the country we live in, the penalty for failure is not that great. You like that sound like that, like you're working with a net, yeah, um, true. You know, I I ran into a great article once. Um, uh, Darmesh Shah, who is the co-founder of HubSpot, he has a, a blog called On Startups. And a long, long time ago, he wrote why why college, why young people are make the best entrepreneurs. And one of his point was, you have zero net worth. Like you're not not risking anything. anything. There's no risk,
0: right? You're not supporting a family or paying a mortgage or
2: you know. Once you get into your forties and fifties, starting a restaurant is scary because you sign a personal guarantee and they'll come and take away everything that Mm. you had. Yeah. Um, So so uh, (laughs) well aware about. I I think young people, it's it's and also, you know, young people, you know, especially in college. So let's let's advance from fourteen and we'll we'll yeah get get into college. You'll never have an opportunity to hang around more diverse, more cool, more people with that, that v- wonderful mindset ever again in your life or, and oh, be it's totally and like this open
0: point. to it. Yeah.
2: Oh, and, 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 and you sit around and you talk for hours
0: and you know, hours, you pontificating to, on platitudes about oh, philosophy those are and big words. yeah,
2: I mean, what, she was a professor. What about <laughs> this? What about this idea? See how, yeah, see, yeah. See how yeah, I yeah. brought that back? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's called a uh, comeback. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, you were in radio. <laughs> so, you know. so, so you know, what about this idea? We're going to do yoga mats for farmers. And then you'll have somebody say, I grew up on a farm. I know all the people down in Worthington. Then you're going to have somebody say, I'll write you the website. And pretty soon you have a team. Right. And you'll never have that again in
1: your life. That's so, Right. You, and you also might have someone who's willing to say, that's a stupid fucking idea.
2: Yeah, like, which st- is fine too. Well, there me. go the 14 year olds. <laughs> we'll have to bleep that well, one out of post. No, we're, we're explicit. <laughs> it's, it says explicit content. Explicit content. Yeah,
0: we, 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 we don't have a single 14 year old. Which is we actually super attractive point. to the 14 year olds.
1: Right? That, that might yeah, that's our first 14 year old. That's weird. Uh, no, the other thing. Okay, so kids, the, let's college, younger, it doesn't matter. Full of potential, right? And and we, as old people, <laughs> older people, I look at that and we're like, oh, yeah, remember when I used to have potential and all that? We're, we all did fine. Um, one of the... I, I'm not, uh, like, I'm not sure how to address the racial inequities that we have, but what always, what I always come back to with it is, how much wasted potential are we going to just leave out there mm. by not including people? Like... Think of the ideas that have died, because we just didn't give them a a, a voice, a, a place to speak and do all of this stuff. And to, also to the, the
0: generational effect of oh, that, because God, it's, it's so like miserable. You know, that's why we ask you, your kids, your kids are going to become entrepreneurs. One of them, yeah. them already has, right? Or maybe, they and don't it's because, want to. <laughs> because they, they don't they do. want to, but they know it, right? But they're yeah. in there because it's past. Down it, it's to the, the generation they've seen it.
2: Yeah, it, it's the the role model and the the mentorship that you receive. Um, you can't. You. It's it's hard to break out of the mold. It's hard to do what you don't know how to do. And so I grew up with an entrepreneurial father, um, and I saw him. You know give up his pension, give up his very safe, comfortable life, and mm. buy this newfangled thing called an FM radio station mm-hmm. um, and turn it country music in 1979. Like, oh, that's when country like, was good. Yeah. I, lo- it, I loved the old... It was, I, it was the first FM country... FM radios weren't available in cars Yeah, yeah. back then. Yeah. I mean, just talk about... That was
0: a risk. cool thing, actually. Um, and,
2: and watching him get involved in his community and watching him um, lean into his business and the lean years and the farm crisis and, and all those things that happened along the way. Um, yeah, at no point in my life, if you'd known me in high school, you would have said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'd say I'd want to run my own radio station. Yeah. And, and now the problem is, I then I sold it by the time I was 35. So, yeah,
1: but you did it.
2: Problem? Yeah. I mean, you you did it for as long as it made sense for you to do it. And but then, I don't know. have a podcast yet, so well, you know, well, maybe I scratched that ish early enough when I was young. Let me tell you how easy it is to start one of these things. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> don't worry, everyone
0: else really. Has one. You don't actually have to be talented. <laughs> you can <laughs> or just knowledgeable, say I'm find it. Yes. <laughs> funny,
2: because uh, we're not. So, so I think the most encouraging words I can give is is. When we when we say so what about this idea, um be enthusiastic when you hear an idea. Um I, and I and, completely and, agree. And and kinda of take that book out of uh you know, comedy stand up, you know, the the yes and
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, you wanna improv. You wanna yeah, you wanna f- find yourself surrounded by yes and people. People who don't say no but or no because oh is that is that okay. I yeah, get what so, that so yes and you've
0: never know. done improv?
2: No, I've never done it. Oh my you Gosh. Get,
0: Sam, you'd yeah. be so good at it. Well yeah.
2: get 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 Denzel, get, get the <laughs> folks at Brave New Workshop as guests. <laughs> I, I bring so I bring in guest speakers um, from Brave New Workshop. To speak to my entrepreneurship classes, yeah, it, we yeah. do. To,
0: we have done that too to, bring, to with executives bring yes. in Im- improv people because it's. I mean, it's about creating community of support, right? The yes and is like yeah. I have no idea what Mike is about to say, and I say yes, and you know. It, I mean, I worked at a I worked at a
1: boys' camp for twenty years almost. Like I, I was constantly you get that. improving. You know, I yeah. was entertaining groups of people. For, for 20 years all summer long. So I like, I get that. I, I understand it all, but no, I, I didn't, I wouldn't think. Um, well, I and comedians always drove me nuts. Not that improv is comedy, but it, it is in the same realm, but they always drove me nuts because every comedian I ever knew was, was testing material on me constantly and had to be the funniest <laughs> person in the room. And I'm like, You you don't always need to make a joke. Like we can talk about something serious for a moment too. But anyway.
2: And and then uh, you riff from there, right? So you want to have them build their idea. It can do this and it can do this and it could be this and it could be that.
0: I love that. That's that catalyst we were talking about
2: before. But you also need somebody in their life to play the role of coach. Yeah. And the coach is going to be the one that pushes them towards execution. So there's so many great ideas that have never been acted. on. Yeah.
0: Make it. Oh, make for sure. action. And,
2: and the first reason we can dispel your idea is not precious. Your idea is new, not unique. And if it, if it is so precious that all you have to do is tell it to somebody and they can steal your idea. It ain't much of an idea.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, the fear of, of the having your idea opposite. stolen. Is if stolen
2: you have an I mean. idea, tell it to everybody. Yep. You have to be constantly selling it and pitching it and and talking about it. Um, and if somebody steals your idea and builds it faster than you, then they deserve it. No um,
1: one's going to champion an idea. This is what yeah. I've decided. No one's going to champion an idea that's so precious to you because it's not precious to them. Whether they like it or don't like it, they might incorporate some part of it. But when you've got an idea that you want to bring forward, it's like knowing that it's Ten years to overnight successdom, right? No one's going to spend ten years like- overnight successdom.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I said it so well. It's, it's uh,
0: there's so many close words to other words in that. I, I liked it. Successdom.
1: <laughs> overnight okay. successdom. Anyway, it, honestly, this is what I this is what I see in people when they when because once you start down the entrepreneurial path, I'm sure you both have had this happen people will say, oh, well, I, I'm not really strong enough to do this, but what about this idea? And they'll, mm. and they'll tell you something and, and there's moments where like, I always try and hear them out and like get the full thing because, because you can't actually do a 30 second elevator pitch on most ideas. Yeah. But um, you might get to the point where you're like, no, it's, it's, don't do that. You're not, it's not a good idea. You're never going to make a dime off of that, and here's why. You'll,
2: you'll also hear this one. And and there was a time there, so once Minnesota cars kind of hit that 50 dealer to 100 dealer mark, like we had pretty much every dealer in southern Minnesota um, pretty quick, how many people would come up to me, you know that was my idea. Oh, for sure. I had that idea before you had that idea. I'm like... Everybody had this idea before (laughs) I had this idea. (laughs) Putting cars on the internet was not a unique, precious gem. So, what was the difference? You just did it.
0: You just did it.
2: I did it. And also, I happened to own radio stations, so I could advertise the hell out of it. Right. But but you did. I wasn't the first person in southern Minnesota to do this. You mean
1: you created your own. Your own medium for getting messages out.: Yeah, it's where, it's where people talked, and then the message got out to people. But and it also sold something
2: it, as a result. It also that? limited my vision. So 2020 <laughs> hindsight is, because I defined myself really where I owned radio stations, North Iowa right. and Southern Minnesota, I probably could have been much bigger, much faster. Had I, so I, Twin Cities wasn't on my horizon right. uh, back then. And my first employee quit, and her husband helped found and was general manager of Car Soup. Okay. Which uh, is. And nothing untoward happened. There was no idea stealing. It was, they saw an opportunity, and I wasn't doing anything. Yeah, to, fair to enough. To grab that opportunity. Yep. Um, that, no, <laughs> you know, no blame to their family. They did a great thing and, and created a great, a great product. And how stupid was I to just say, Hey, you know, I'm going to work down here in Southern Minnesota where there are 450,000 people living. Why should I go up to the Metro where 3 million people live? Yeah. Why would you want to break into a market like that? Yeah. Um, Seems silly. crazy. Yeah. So, so again, I, just,
0: I think that there's a, there's a lesson here.
2: I, I mean, I think, I think there's we've a, a, a,
0: on a really big lessons. lesson and, 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 So it brings up all the other facets, the systemic influence on how someone becomes and continues to be an entrepreneur, building an idea, building a business, building that. And there's some tenacity there, right? There's some, uh, I I like to call it stupid belief in your idea, right? Like, you have to be able to cut the noise out. Of you know, really being uh, sure that your idea makes sure that you're not faking it till you make it completely in the business.
1: I hate fake it till you make it. By the way, I I hate it. I really, it really. I'm so bothers glad that me. you
0: interjected. With Sorry, that comment. I just that was- hate it.
1: No, I hate it when people say that though, because it's like, well, I don't think I don't think most serious entrepreneurs are faking anything. They're like fucking
2: nuts. They're nuts about their idea. So so I'll put an asterisk on that. I don't think they they fake their core value proposition. Right. They fake things like accounting and billing and...
0: Yeah, I mean, it's um, imposter syndrome. In a way, you have to kind of get your head out of... Feeling like you yeah. are not worthy enough to do this business by just doing do, business, yeah. even though you don't think you're worthy of it. Well, yeah. It's
2: always plagued me. I, I, I'm so, with you. So yeah, we're going to work on that. This, is, yeah, you, but this <laughs> is different from the Wizard of Oz protocol, which is, um... In your early days, you don't need to automate anything. So, for example, we we had car dealers who still wanted to be fax leads. So people would come to the website, and they'd see the blue Oldsmobile they wanted to buy, and they'd fill out the web form. Well, the car dealer didn't have email in 1997. Yeah, I remember So they wanted us to fax it to them. So rather than building a telefax, you know, computer interface, which would have required tens of thousands of dollars at that time, <laughs> Yeah, my office manager, my part-time office manager would take the stack and put them in the fax machine and fax them one at a time. Groupon started uh, the same way. So there was no automated thing behind Groupon. You filled out, you bought a Groupon, somebody went and made a PDF and sent it to you. Yeah, Like that's, so fake it till you make it... Um, I, I think it's it only. It sounds crass. It sounds like they're not really delivering value, and I don't. I like can understand it. it in that context. Yeah, that's I, not what it really. But is I like in your, that your point of view that it has to do with more of the um, get up on stage and sound like an expert. Don't let your own self doubts take you down.
0: Where, where it drives Sound me. Sound like the I,
2: best of you.
0: Yeah. Sound like the best of yeah. you and not so You're projecting your positivity
1: fear. is what you're saying. Yeah. You're, you're, so that's, you're Optimism. thinking of that as faking it's, it till you make it.
0: It's, you know, it, I, 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 I sit here with two men, so you're going to have to listen to this with an open ear, because this is this is <laughs> like oftentimes it. the difference between men and women, right? Mm-hmm. Men will puff up their chest, right? Totally. And I'm stronger than you. And I'm telling you, every single one of those men, I don't care what they have done in the gym, are thinking to themselves, well, what if I'm not? You know, what if I'm not fast enough? What oh. if I'm not whatever? They're thinking that, but they're not showing that they're thinking that. Right women will be like, "Wo they, they will allow you to see every piece of them that is afraid of that fight, yeah. and there's that and is so I, often and, and- is the difference. Uh, can
1: I offer a little insight? Anyway,
2: Mike, do you, do you want to well, So, so I, I'd like to broaden that conversation because I think you brought up some gender stereotyping and gender <laughs> which behavior. Is that, good, that's, which is good, That's good. You know, um, and now we can extend that to cross-cultural. So what you brought about immigrant culture, yeah. um, not all cultures see entrepreneurship the same way. And even even going to school in Australia, and I thought Australia and America were virtually identical. Mm. They no, They have right. the tall poppy syndrome down there. And so, you know, the tall poppy gets cut first. I don't know what that means. I uh, need it. So that's what it means. The tallest poppy in the field is the one that gets cut first. Oh, so don't shine? It, exactly. <laughs> the, it, oh, their I whole like culture. It. And, you know, I come down and, you know, part of 36 people and all of them made more money than me and all of them were smarter than me and more successful than me. But I had that puff out your chest, American entrepreneurship vibe, mm. and it did not play well. In did Australia. they cut your
0: poppy, Mike?
2: They they, had every chance they could. Every
0: chance they could. They um, cut your poppy. And, and I want to, yeah. It, well, you know, they it's all just come, a different mindset. They're right? all felons, right? But, <laughs> no, yeah, that's my how God, Australia that is, started. That is such
1: a old.
0: I mean, it's the truth of it. No, I mean, no. there they, they was the island of felons from But England. we're talking
1: a long time ago. A culture paint all culture Australia? persists. We lost, we lost Australia. They are not sponsoring our show anymore.
0: You know, I don't care.
1: <laughs>
2: Views expressed by the hosts of this show do not necessarily <laughs> reflect those of its guests. No, I don't. Care. <laughs> okay, I want to offer to all my Australian I friends. I love
0: you, Australia. I know,
1: I know. I, they're wonderful. Uh, I want to offer one more side to what you said about <laughs> Which men. Side? About the stereo, the stereo. The thinking about men as stereotypically chest puffing dudes, mm-hmm. right? It's it's very true. Um, I I've interviewed men and women for different positions, the women way overqualified, generally speaking, they come in and they're like, I'm not sure I'm right for this, right? The men underqualified and they're like, I know I'm right for this. I can do it. But I do want to say this. Um, it, you, you alluded to the idea that, that every one of those men still has self-doubt, right? And I would offer up, I, I would say this, there are men out there who have no self doubt about anything? They are just that arrogant. They are just that wildly obsessed with themselves that they really, truly do believe that they are the best thing
0: that ever. Do you think happened. that's? Do you think now we're diving into this? Do you think that that is? Typical, or is that more of a mental illness? You no, know, I think it's. I think
1: it's somewhat atypical. But it's I know I've just run into narcissism in, and, and and in general. Yeah, it, yeah, could, yeah. it
2: could be. It could be a medical diagnosis. Yes, I, I did say I was talking to a friend of mine about entrepreneurship. I'm not sure I'm confident enough to do what I used to do in my 20s and 30s. Right, so I've become older. I've become jaded. I've become learned. I I now know how to read a balance sheet, to P and L, and all these things that I didn't. So know the back risks then. you took back then right. you might not take. Yeah, you're like, what the hell was I doing starting you know four internet companies? Um, you know, I, I was, you know, it was online jobs that could have. Probably grown up to be something. Online real estate, that was a pretty good idea. Definitely. What about that idea? <laughs> um, and so it was jobs uh, classified oh. and um, jobs classified. Oh, and um, cars. Real estate. And real estate. Yeah. And yeah. So I had homesaroundhere.com, I had minnesota to work.com. I had uh Minnesotaforsale.com and I had traffic on all of these. Like yeah, I, actually right. but I couldn't make a buck.
0: Did do you still own those URLs? No,
2: I sold them off a long time ago. Mm. Well,
1: we uh, we should wrap up. I, I don't want
0: to. I don't want to.
1: But I, I have I really have to do this because we're gonna have we're going to have another PhD, or not a PhD, we're going to have another professor. Someday show, get a real PhD. We're going to have someone with a PhD. Who <laughs> knows what they're talking yes, about. Yes, and and I I already love that person. I'm totally, I'm, I'm sure they're great. They're going to be more dry. I'm thinking, right? I'm thinking they're probably going to be a little more dry and and, and unfun. But so I have to ask this question because it, it's a theme that I, I've brought up before. I'll bring it up again. I think that entrepreneurship training, one of the things that should happen, I used to guide canoe trips into mm-hmm. the Arctic and you plan for this trip, you get your team together. And then, you know, like in the case of, of the longest ones, you, they fly out on a float plane, they put you down somewhere and you've got, you got to get to the end. <laughs> and, you try not to kill anyone along the way. You try not to die or lose the food or whatever. But I think that there should be like, like as much as school is cool and, and kids should go to school. I think I could, I could take someone on an Arctic canoe trip and have them learn more about entrepreneurship in three weeks it, because you just have
2: to get up each day and move yeah. and do stuff. See, and keep at it. So Steve Spruth, who I took over for, um, and rest in peace, is such a beautiful man. He used to teach innovation and entrepreneurship by leading a trip to brown, Boundary Waters. No shit. Yeah. So he had that course, and so I'm not that far. off. You're not that far off. It. So you know, Mike Tyson. Um, well, it, Mike I, Tyson with go, the face. This goes to back Mike to Tyson? Napoleon, <laughs> Mike.
0: Mike, to Mike no, I love it.
2: <laughs> Mike Tyson stole this line from Napoleon. Okay. Uh, you know, so basically no, no, um, no plan survives first contact with the enemy. Right. So that's a, a truism. And Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. And I think that's what we can do as entrepreneurship teachers Uh-oh. is give them a safe place to get punched in the face. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, getting it,
1: punched in the face, you know, yeah, like you're gonna you be, live.
2: You're going to be in a safe place. You're going to be able to try to sell something to somebody. You're going to have a team around you. Um, and, you know, the worst thing that's going to happen is you get a B. Like this is a really safe place. It is. And, and, and there's an unsafe nature to entrepreneurship. And, and that's, you know,
1: I've not, I've, I've not in 3,500 miles or whatever it is of canoeing with kids. I've not let a single kid die couple of them have come pretty close. I've probably come pretty close, but they lived through it in, in entrepreneurship, man, the, it feels risky to do things, oh. but it is just like those canoe trips. Like when you're on them, you don't like it. It sucks. It, it feels really, you wake up every day and you're like, Oh man, I, I but then you go cheaper. back out, <laughs> but you want to do it again. Because when you get to the end, you're
2: like, Damn it! I I don't know. Like two weeks later, you're telling your friends like Yeah, it was a great journey." Yeah. <laughs> like, I, and and I think if I look back on all my entrepreneurial journeys, and and again, they're not done. Um, I I bought three buildings in partnerships in the past six months. Like the, this is just what we do. Um, the you, you learn the value of friends, you learn the value of partnerships. you learn when partnerships go bad. It's I've been through a few of those yeah, yeah. we all have all you know the camp you prepare for the camping trip, but oh every boundary water trip, is great until it, you know, the first, Oh, I
0: love that punching thing. Although, I mean, it's a bit rough. Um, it's a bit male. (laughs) Um, but I would say if you, the thing is, I think what throws entrepreneurs off is that they don't expect to be punched and they feel like they, someone just came up and cocked them without them knowing. And the idea is, as you said, expect the punch, be ready for it.
2: What about this idea? A podcast called Get the punch out of the way. <laughs> Just
0: go on and get punch. You know, Take it in the face.
2: <laughs> so you I, said that. So I will with tell you, of one, one of my favorite entrepreneurship um, uh, teachers at the U of M. Uh, he when he taught this this course, he I think he gave he broke everybody into small groups, and this was like at ten o'clock in the morning, and he gave every team like a hundred bucks in an envelope, and he said whoever makes the most money wins like by the end of the day or by the end of the day we're going to meet at grandma's for a hamburger at nine o'clock go and he had very few rules like you know you you can you could borrow a grill but you got to pay for the charcoal like you know if, right and, yeah, okay yeah. and and uh just as a kind of an icebreaker and well we have class the rest of the day well that sucks you go <laughs> like I kind of like your this. first punch in the yeah. face so and, so and, and it was to get just get over that hurdle of just go do something try something
0: do it move and then make it happen but you know
1: little Sally in the back was like man I'm just gonna hold on to the hundred bucks yeah. and then might win
2: for for yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know I, 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 v- I came back with I, so a hundred bucks you invested in a t-bill like <laughs> made <0.01 laughs>
0: yeah.
2: um no, that's a good lesson. Yeah, it's just I like phase it. one. I yeah. like it. I, I think those those are the kind of safe place. Um, we try to we try to teach about velocity, not about success. So whether or not your idea that you develop in twelve or fourteen weeks makes a lot of money doesn't. That's not really the hurdle of success. Mm-hmm. It's how fast did you get to to the learning? Um, one of my favorite entrepreneurship students who I took down to Cuba. Uh, He really, he had this really uh, see the light kind of moment down there. And, and we had just met with this amazing entrepreneur and he, he, he hadn't been a great student until then. He was kind of the, you know, go to the bathroom and not come back to class in the back of the class, a lot of absences, probably pulling a C minus before we went to Cuba. And so as I got to know him better, uh, it turns out he made $80,000 selling an item so there was a hip-hop song not a culture that i know much about that mentioned a a specific product he found a dropship manufacturer that would make the product with these words on it Um, he advertised on instagram and facebook and you know he played that funnel and down through a shopify cart and he made 80 grand Mm -hmm. and i'm like I said, that's like capstone entrepreneurship. (laughs) That's (laughs) like what, why, you know, you could go on shark tank (laughs) with that kind of income. And, and, but in his mind, that was an entrepreneurship. That's fine. And again, he was an immigrant. He, um, he was a second generation, uh, 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 immigrant from Somalia. And for some reason, like he he and his friends, they didn't didn't equate that with entrepreneurship. and, and, And just look on his face going, I said, that's, good like write that up like (laughs) just write that up and present that so I can give you a grade exactly Um, (laughs) and and I've kept in in contact with this student it's been wonderful to kind of see what he's been doing uh, since he graduated and he's, he's tried more and more of these kind of things and some with success and some with failure yeah. Um, but well, sometimes you get punched in the face, but yeah, so I think there are a lot, a <laughs> we lot, should have called yeah. it like a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you get <laughs> punched, punched in, in the, the face. face. Well, I really appreciate being here. Um, I love this idea. Um, I, I love the idea of this podcast. Uh, you I, know, off- I reached out to you completely cold. Yeah. You could
1: have come in here and be, been the biggest weirdo we ever met. I had no idea. you. Oh, turns awesome. out you're a
0: Chinese star. <laughs> only, you Only awesome. a,
2: a slight weirdo. No. Um, I do know which end of the microphone to talk into. That's you, probably it's, my... it's more than that. I, I would,
1: if we're doing this for any reason at all, it's so that someone can listen to it and understand a little bit better why they are the person who is so weird that they always want to do something <laughs> new and all of that. You you bring it. You brought it home. You did yeah. it.
2: well. Uh, thanks for calling me weird. That was a well.
1: I mean, you're like very rich white guy. Yeah. I, we could have ignored
2: you. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's. I, I've had so much fun in my life. I tell you, one of the great blessings is this uh, turnabout in my family. My my wife of we've been together forty years, and she's put up with all my entrepreneurial oh, work over the years. That's she's, rough. She's just done a wonderful job. And now to see her not only flourish in business, but absolutely kick my butt at it. Oh, that's great. It's just absolutely wonderful.
0: Yes, next um, time you come on, let's dig into that. I want to know. Yeah. Like, well, what, what was it? And,
2: and, yeah. I, and I will say this, that... Um, you know, I, I use podcasts as an example of a tough business plan because nobody listens to the first podcast. Uh, no one like makes you money can't get off to, of it easily either. You can't Too get bad. to ten thousand until you have that first one. So I know, right? I'm glad that I'm the, th- the third on the ver- on the journey. We haven't I mean, even no. launched this stuff
1: yet. <laughs> no, I, we've been at this long. I've been. Yeah. I, I know what I'm doing well enough to know that this is going to be successful. I, because of people like you, and and it, please introduce us to more people who are they don't have to be the world's most successful people. They can be people who got punched really hard in yeah. the face. I want to hear from them too.
0: Yeah. Because it's great to hear those stories as an entrepreneur. Like, oh, okay. It's not just me. I'm personally
1: tired of listening to the ones that are just like, oh, I'm CEO of the largest company there ever was. You maybe didn't even found that. Like, why am I listening to entrepreneurial advice. Because he went from to someone.
0: Harvard I know. and he learned about building oh. a business. And and, and, and,
1: and and nothing, nothing in it means anything to me. I'm like, I, I'm just trying to build a little business
2: here. You yeah, know? the ones who start and fail. And so I, I went to a guest speaker, the guy who started Tyson, um, the turkey Tyson. Oh yeah. Company. And it's like, Jesus, so I did this and then, was that? then I did this it, and I.
0: Tyson Foods. And pretty yeah, soon, but,
2: pretty soon I had 40,000 turkeys and then they all died. So I went to the bank and borrowed some more money, and then I built this, and then I had 150 thousand turkeys, and then they all died. But the third time, oh no, <laughs> it felt like the Monty Python. I mean, I feel the like castle burned down. Yeah,
1: I feel like Tyson's been around forever. That's a yeah, relatively. It, that was before
2: company. Hormel bought them. Um, no yeah, shit. So, so they're probably, th- I'm an old guy now. Oh, so. I mean, but <laughs> not it, far behind. You know, the the <laughs> I think finding those um those entrepreneurs that have they've had successes but they also aren't shy about talking about oh, their, their, their punches in the face along the way and yeah. and the pivots and you know that persevere pivot is is that's a tough point to be at when it's just not working like like you're you're below cash flow and i've been there for quite a few businesses where you know do i do i keep making you know, writing checks every month into a business is not fun. Oh, I did um, it. And, and it's how, rough. how long do you do that for? And, uh, you also, I, you know, I love my employees. I've had this great, wonderful privilege to having employed hundreds of people over the, my life. and, you, that's a big responsibility it is. it's a huge it's responsibility heavy. and, it's too, and too treating them well and treating them with respect and um, I will say that you know my father passed away about 5 or 6 years ago and remember we sold the radio stations in 2000 so 16 right. years had gone by since these people worked for my dad and every single person who worked for my dad showed up to the funeral except for two Yeah. because they were on the air Oh, that's pretty impressive. Really cool. Well, you
0: learned uh, leadership from him, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing.
2: So, well, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, Mike, really, really a pleasure having this conversation with you. Thank
0: you. you. Good. You want to say goodbye to our audience? No? I just have so much more to say, and there's no more time. Well, what about this idea? I know, right? I <laughs> Good just, night, everyone. I, I just I'll say goodbye. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll be. Oh, back. Wait, wait. We got to say. Um,
1: thanks, Twin Ignition.
0: Twin it. Ignition. Like we're. I think we should say something like coming to you from the Twin Ignition Garage. We'll, we'll
1: throw some commercial in there. It'll be, we'll, we'll, give them a little shout out All right, but... live on tape from
2: twin <laughs> cities. That's right. All right. All right, guys. Thanks. Cheers.
0: Don't cry. It's over.
1: Oh, you did it. You made it to the very end of the show. And you know what you can do to help us? What can they do to help us? They can tell their friends how awesome the show is. Yeah.
0: Why not? Why not?
1: You know what else, and I don't know if people know this or don't know this, but like if you if you found us and you see us on socials somewhere, just hit repost or or you know share it with your community.
0: Share, repost, follow. Isn't there a follow option? Yeah, follow,
1: subscribe. We're not going to charge you anything. No, Just hit the subscribe button.
0: No, we just need to create a community around entrepreneurism and how the real shit happens.
1: (laughs) I like it. Well, because we're real. You said it in the intro.
0: Real, real, real.
1: We talk real. Um, No, seriously. Tell your friends. What a great show. Oh, my gosh. These people are doing the best work ever. Yeah. Right?
0: That's what you should say. Yeah. 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 And uh, just come back. Have fun with us. We we love this.
1: We'll have someone. uh, We'll we'll, we'll interview someone cool next week, too.
0: Someone completely different.
1: Yeah. From prison. Thanks. (laughs) We always have to have that. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening.